1: we're rolling into a new year, excited. Coming off of the first Arkansas Razorbacks bowl game in in how long? How long has it been since?
2: Gosh, I want to say like ten years or something like that. At least maybe it's been a long time. Yeah, and you guys won. Woo pig suey, man. They uh they had a shaky second quarter and it wasn't looking good. And so we went into the half and I was thinking, well, you know, this could be a a good year. And you know, we'll just chalk it up to a we made it to a bowl. But man, they pulled it out. They came out and dominated. Second half, and pretty exciting. And, and I think you and your daughter had a little bit of exchange about Arkansas and the Razorbacks that I think the listeners would enjoy hearing about.
1: Oh, yeah, this is true. So I put on my Arkansas Razorback hat because I I am an Arkansas Razorback fan. They just come secondary to LSU. And so as I put on my hat, my daughter Magnolia said, wait, dad, why are you putting on an Arkansas hat? I said, well, because they're in a bowl game today and I like to be in team spirit and and root for them. She said, but I I thought we hate Arkansas Razorbacks. (laughs) I said, no, baby, only, only one week out of the year. There's only one week out of the year that we hate the Arkansas. It's, it's Arkansas hate week. It's when we play them every year. And that's the only week. Other than that, we root for Arkansas. And she said, she looked kind of sad. She said, oh, man. She said, I kind of like having permission to hate somebody. It's really kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, don't worry, baby. We can always hate Alabama.
2: Always. Yes. Yes. You are raising her up right. Train up a child, Jimbo. Train up a child.
1: <laughs> so we can always hate Alabama. They're always the villain. it would be interested to see if they're the villain in Georgia's story yet again, or if the Bulldogs will finally break their losing streak. So uh, SEC shorts is one of my favorite yeah. funny things on social media. Man, I love their little sketches about Georgia and Alabama. They crack me up, and I feel really bad for Georgia. I get it. I feel your pain, Georgia. I get it. I really do.
2: I'll have to check it out because I love the SEC shorts as well. Like when Arkansas got to move out of the basement, that was a really good one. Yes. <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> man, I feel about, I feel for Georgia. You know, it's it's where the national headquarters of the North American Mission Board are. And so we, we spent some time in Georgia and get good friends down there. But man, the Bulldogs, they really, they have a tough time winning the big one. So we'll see this year. They do. I'm
1: really hoping they pull it off this year, man. Rooting for the good guys, rooting against the bad guys. Yes. By the time this episode, by the time this episode uh, airs, hopefully LSU will also have won their bowl game, playing in the Texas Bowl against Kansas State. Just excited that we made it to a bowl game this year after <laughs> everything that was the LSU season.
2: Barb said this about the bowl game. She said, they don't even matter anymore. Everybody's got a bowl game. Like, it doesn't even matter. It's just another (laughs) game.
1: (laughs) At this point, you're just avoiding the shame of not making a bowl game. Yes. It's it's not so much that you got into one, it's that you avoided the shame of not getting into
2: one. That's right. That's right. Well, man, what are we talking about this year as we open up 2022 and look forward to uh, what's ahead? Well, I was
1: thinking about how we could encourage guys to stay focused and resilient in 2022 as you hit this natural state of reset that we have here. And I was looking back at our stats and really there are two series. I was looking back what were the most listened to episodes from 2021, kind of a year in review. And to be honest, Bob, as I look at that, man, these are great episodes for staying focused on what you need to stay focused on to be resilient and to persevere and thrive in 2022. Anticipating another difficult year at the beginning of 2021, we had a great series. Called the six irreducible minimums of 2021 that we can recap here in a second. That was really good. We had another really good series off of your formula for overcoming your resistance to change. Those two were really the bulk of our most listened to episodes, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then the other kind of sets of most listened to episodes came from two of our guests. We had Brian Croft on to talk about practical shepherding in his ministry, and then we had two episodes with Keelan Cook called Church Trends where we talked about the Netflixification Mm -hmm. of church and some other things like that. That really encompasses all of our most listened to episodes in 2021. And so I thought if we did a quick rundown recap of some of those, it is high points for us to focus on yet again as we start a brand new year.
2: I love it. I, I get the sense of just the pastors I'm interfacing with it. And it's, here we go again. It seems like uh, you know, Omicron is hitting and you know people are still trying to figure out how to have services and some people are pulling back and then guys are trying to capitalize on momentum of the first of the year, all those sorts of things. So I think it's a great idea for us to maybe touch on some of those things that we talked about last year as we head into this year.
1: Yeah. So, one is the six irreducible minimums for 2021. I'm going to list out the six and then I just want to hear your commentary on which ones stand out to you, Bob, and if we want to add anything as we go into 2022. So, anticipating coming out of 2020 and going into another hard year, we did a series on, on these. And so here they are one, pursue first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, two, preach the word, three, equip the saints for the work of ministry. Four, make disciples who make disciples. Five, engage your community. And six, trust the Lord to build his church. And we went through each of these through the lens and framework of PETO, personal, interpersonal, team, and organizational thinking. That was kind of the framework we built those off of. And the idea was: look, there are a thousand articles out there telling you all the things that you need to do to be a pastor and to survive covid and to do all these things and we just wanted to try to reduce the noise a little bit and distill that down to what are the essentials what are the things you really do need to focus on in this year and i i would echo again that i think there's still just a lot of things going on and a lot of materials out there telling you all the things you need to do and measure up to and be experts at and and how to do this in and, and man look there there's nothing new under the sun Difficult ministry seasons are not new. And so focus on the irreducible minimums. What stands out to you in those six, Bob?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there's three of them that really sort of jump out to me. I I would say uh, the first one is make disciples who make disciples. The reality is that the best formation is life on life, one on one you know, the small groups, those, and and we're not talking about a discipleship class where you read a book and then talk about the book, but where you do life on life, when you talk about real specifically, like, what is God's word saying to you? How are you planted to your life? Where are you challenged? Where are you struggling? How can I pray for you? Where are you pushing forward in terms of trusting Jesus and surrendering your life under His leadership more? I think that's when we we talked, I believe in that episode about the definition of discipleship is a continual uh, surrender of your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every area. And so those are conversations that aren't dependent upon programmatic gatherings or, you know, schedules and calendars. Those can be relational. They can be table to table. They can be Zoom. They can be phone call. And so I would just encourage guys, man, do that one. Just focus again on that one. I think most guys are preaching the word, right? I, I think those are that's kind of foundational, right? we could talk about that, but I think the ones that I just would encourage would be make disciples, engage the community, I think, and engaging the community again, I think would be uh, let me put a small focus on it in terms of engage lost people who are in your relational circles right personal evangelism conversations about spiritual matters we see the statistics are telling us that people are discouraged and upset and depressed anxious worried all those sorts of things they're trying to figure out everything economics the pandemic all that sort of thing people need hope and for a christian when the whole world is falling apart our hope is secure in christ because everything is is solid in christ we don't have our home is not this world and we don't have to worry about things god is always going to provide for us and care for us even when the world seems to be falling apart and i think people need to hear about that hope and and so i would i would say that's the next one and then the last one that you mentioned trust the lord to build his church i'm just really getting this sense and and i even feel like jimbo i feel like i got a book in me somewhere Come on. That I want to talk about this. But you know, going back to the uh the overcoming, you know, resistance to change, Jimbo, there are some really good solid leaders that are really slugging it out in the trenches, and then they're just not seeing any growth. And then the Lord will transition them to a new mission field, a new ministry opportunity, and then things will just explode. Well, what changed? Well, probably wasn't the leader necessarily, maybe in some ways, but it was where the leader began their ministry or where they were they were called to work. And so I just had, I think there are some situations where a leader goes into a context and he's not going to see the growth, right? That we would say numeric growth, you know, buildings, budgets, attendance, you know, all those sorts of things. But there's growth that's going on. And I think you just have to trust the Lord to build a church. I I just got this sense when I was thinking about this this morning, how many prophets uh, and leaders were there before Nehemiah that said the same thing that Nehemiah did? Hmm. Like, we don't know. I'm sure there were. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. But for whatever in God's calendar, he raises up Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is the one whom God uses in a powerful way to make make a difference in the nation uh, of Israel. So what I would say is, you know, guys, just keep working and trusting the Lord and allowing God to make your assignments what they are and then trust him to build the church around you. And then I guess I would, can I add a bonus One, to the irreducible minimums to go from six to seven here in 2022. Yeah, come on, bring it on. Mission to add a bonus one. Here's one I want to add. Rest. Mm. Like just rest and Sabbath. I think, Jimbo, one of the most important things for the coming year is well-rested leaders who have the joy of the Lord in their lives because they Sabbath well, right? All all of the things that we mentioned, the, the six irreducible minimums, either have to do with a mindset or a surrender or an action. And I want to add rest to the list because I think our people, our pastors, our churches, our culture needs to be able to rest fully in the Lord. And the only way they can do that is to Sabbath well. And just to realize there's there's gotta be a day in your life, at least one day a week, where you put aside every care and concern and you worship and you enjoy God's blessings and provision. And I think if we can do that and do that well, that'll really shine a bright light in the culture that needs to have hope right now.
1: Absolutely. And you know. We talked about it a little bit in our rhythms or rule of life episode and, and some others of taking care of yourself that we did towards the end of last year. And when we had Brian Croft on to talk about practical shepherding, he added, uh, you know, shepherd the flock as his seventh yeah. to our six irreducible minimums because it was right after that. Here's the the point we're trying to make, guys, is don't get distracted by the demands of others.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ask God for the wisdom and discernment to know his voice from your own and others on what it is you're supposed to do, including our voice, right? Any voice. Like you, as a godly leader, one of the things we have to do is kind of get away from all the noise, sit with the Lord, and ask him what it is he wants us to do. And I, I know in some of the most difficult seasons of ministry that I've had, that. It was a lot of times it was just so much noise, so many different voices speaking into what I was supposed to be doing that it became overwhelming and I needed to just sit with the Lord. And that's where, man, I've read Psalms and Proverbs every day for a long time. And but it it was during it's been during those seasons that it's become like a safe place, like a refuge, like the, the idea of the Lord being my refuge came very true to me in the Psalms in those seasons and it's one of the reasons i still read date the five daily psalms and the chapter proverbs every day and so even if you need to disre- if this list is overwhelming to you right then disregard it <laughs> yes disregard it and here's the one thing you need to do here's the one thing you need to sit down with the lord sit at the feet of jesus and let him speak into your soul what it is you need to do
2: Absolutely. I love this idea about sitting before the Lord and just waiting. And waiting is a word that none of us like, especially in our culture, right? Mm. And uh, you and I both have been on um, international mission trips. And the schedule from the culture that that we bring in, you know, about fast pace and moving and being on time and being early and all that sort of stuff. Man, that's, that is definitely different in some cultures and for that rush and that pace to achieve, create something in us that has a spiritual dynamic to it. And, and it runs counter purpose with the Lord often and what he wants to do in our life. So I've, i affirm that, man, just guys, if, if you're tired of all the consultant emails and all of the programs that you're getting in your inbox, man, unsubscribe from those, silence those, mute those. Don't feel the pressure. If we're if if you feel like we're adding pressure, man, hear what Jimbo said. Just in terms of me, get get the get your Bible, go outside, go to a coffee shop, just read, just journal, and just think uh, and meditate on those words in Scripture, and let the Lord refresh your heart and, and your mind. You are going to be exhausted from working and from the mental work. And the mental leadership that you give to, you know, the church and to your ministry, to your family, to yourself. Just let the Lord refresh you. I think that's gonna be really, really important for 2022.
1: Yeah, another book that was really good for me in those seasons is called uh Preacher's Catechism. Hmm. Man, it's a it's a really great little book that has some daily readings that it was great for my soul to read that, the preacher's catechism. It's it's a joy giving for preachers. And so I would encourage you to look at that as well. So in our year in review, six irreducible minimums, plus the one that Bob added, rest, plus the one that Brian Croft added. So make it whatever list of seven you want, or just make it the list of one and just sit before the Lord and listen for his voice. We did a great series on overcoming resistance to change, where we talked about holy discontent, plus vision, plus first steps, Plus, leadership is greater than resistance to change. That's all wisdom from the beautiful triple (laughs) B, the bodacious, the below average Bob Bickford. And that is great stuff. I encourage you to go back to those. encourage you to go back, listen to the two episodes we did with Keelan Cook. We talked about the Netflixification of church and how to process all of that that's going on and and what all that means. But there's one other thing I want to look at as a year in review, Bob, is – You have made a transition in your ministry setting. And so I just wanted to hear from you and let our listeners hear from you. Kind of what were your reasons for that? And what are you seeing the Lord do in your heart in that transition?
2: Yeah, thanks, Jimbo. So uh, I put out a Facebook post, the announcement in mid-December that I was transitioning away from my lead pastoral at the Groves Church here in uh, Webster Grove, St. Louis metro area, and been here for nine years, serving for nine years. Replanted the church in 2014, came in 2012, replanted in 2014, and then really just saw some great stuff happen. In the strength of our our season of ministry there was, you know, 17, 18, and 19. And just, we saw lots of young families, lots of babies, you know, all just really, really cool stuff. Marriage is saved, people come to know the Lord. So it was a good season. 2020 hit, and uh, man, like a lot of guys that are listening to us, it was a hard time uh, for us. In that time, we had a lot of folks that moved away, a lot of folks that dropped out of church. And, and so as we were ex- examining that through 2020, and then also through 2021, it really became evident to me that in my part-time pastoring role in leading the groves, that the, the leadership that the church needed and the time that I had available to give to the church to help it continue to move forward as the pandemic kind of prolongs and as the church moves into a new season of life, those two were just not in, those two were not compatible any longer. And so over about a nine to six month time period, you know, talked with the elders, Barb and I talked about it, we prayed about it, we just became more convinced that I needed to step out of that role in order to allow the church to move forward. And some of you guys know, if you follow me on social media, Twitter or Facebook, you know, that when, one of the things that we started, I think this is catching on, Jimbo. Whenever we're traveling to go to a replant uh, road trip somewhere, we'll take a picture of our feet and our uh, our backpacks and then we'll say where we're going and what we're doing. And that's just kind of a fun way. And And I, I think that reminds me of Paul's verse, you know, blessed are those blessed are the feet of those who bring the good news. Right. And so, you know, it's just kind of a thing we, we started doing. So, you know, that that. Part of our role is traveling, and as 2021 opened up and as 2022 is open right now, the travel that we engage in to help churches across North America is just increasing. And, and so as I looked at the schedule for 2022, particularly the first three months, the needs of the church, where I was at in terms of leadership and what the church needed, it just made sense that this was a time for us to step away and let the church move on uh, in its future with a new leader and new direction. So I'm happy to say the elders have stepped up and we've got some preachers coming in. We've got an interim that's possibly lined up and the, there's strong core group there that's looking to really basically replant the replant, I think in, in essence. And so, man, if you're, if you want to move to St. Louis and Webster Groves and you're interested in replanting, let me know. I've got, I've got a great core group of people, a building that's paid off and some money in the bank. And, I can give you all the history and show you uh, all of the ins and outs of the ministry context that's here. We're convinced that there needs to be a gospel presence in our city and that it's a it's a place where it's difficult to proclaim the gospel and to do ministry, but it's very much needed. And so we're hopeful and prayerful that, that God will bring that next leader to lead the church forward. But it just made sense for us at this time to, to step aside. And, and I think it's been affirmed over and over in the last few weeks for us, just in terms of, you know, walking in assurance and confidence that that was the right decision, having a sense of joy about the next season of life and ministry and having a sense of, I would say, the, the weight, the weightiness of that decision behind us has freed us up to to really you know, look at and ask some questions about what are what's what is our role for the kingdom in this next season of life and in terms of investing and encouraging others. And so Barb and I are exploring that and excited. So our plans are we're staying in St. Louis for the time being, gonna love people around here, gonna get involved in, in a local church, be a good church member and uh and do that. So I appreciate all of those who reached out and Jimbo, thank you for, you know, as you've gone through that path uh, before I did kind of helping me think about some things and ask the right questions and navigate that. And, and so we're, we're just in a place where we feel that we're assured that that's what God has called us to do. And we're praying for the church as it moves forward. And we're excited about the opportunity to continue to focus on uh, equipping and helping leaders and churches face their future in the coming days. So that's what's up with me.
1: Man, I just want to encourage you that it is obvious that God used you in your time there at the groves to replant it, to let it see a new chapter, and to prepare it for whatever its next chapter is. But I also just want to affirm and express appreciation and honor you in your humility and willingness to to hear from the Lord, hey, I'm not the Savior of this church, and in the next phase it's it's not me that's supposed to lead it at this at this season and knowing that it's the lord's church and not yours that's a hard thing i mean that's having walked through that it it is it's hard to walk away in a sense from your baby that you've put so much blood sweat and tears and time into and trust it with somebody else but ultimately not even trust it with somebody else but trust it with the lord and so man thank you for trusting the lord in your journey and i'm excited to see uh, how God continues to use you and Barb to influence my life and so many others.
2: Appreciate that, man. I think what I would say is there's likely some guys who are listening to us here at the boot camp that are, are trying to evaluate the longevity of their call and, and thinking through that. And I just want to say that's a good and worthy process for you to, to lean into and ask the Lord to give you wisdom. And if there's some way, Jimbo, or I can be helpful to you in that, man, reach out, let us know contact us on the boot camp hotline or the email and, and we would love to just in connect with you, encourage you and, and listen and help you think about your future and the future of the church that God has you at and, and what he might be doing in you and in the church.
1: Absolutely. That's why we're here. That's why we do this is we want to be able to serve you guys in your journey, walk alongside you as you're out there, boots on the ground. And we are in just a different capacity. And so one of the ways that you can do that is you can meet us in February. Uh, We will be in the Big Easy in New Orleans for Am I a Replanter Conference. That is a conference that's good for people who are potential replanters that are considering it new to replanting, potential revitalizers, new to revitalization, or even in pastors that I've been talking with a lot of pastors lately that their churches are a little healthier and they've been given opportunities to replant. The churches are approaching them for help. It's happening more and more these days. And so those pastors are asking a lot of questions about what kind of guy do I need in there? What what does our church need to do? This is a great introduction conference for those guys as well. And one of the guys that's already signed up to be at that conference is Josh Wally, aka Life Group hype man, one of our other guests from 2021. Yes. And uh, he's just a fun guy. I love, I mean, I love walk, watching him on social media as he hypes up life groups and impersonates Mark Clifton. Yeah. He uh, dressed like Mark Clifton for Halloween and it was awesome. And he is also the winner of the Echo Dot. And so, Josh, we're going to message you. You can message us. And either way, uh, let us know if you want us to mail that to you, where you want it to, us to mail it to, or since you're registered for MI Replanter, if you want us to hand it to you there. And so, come meet us and Josh Wally and Double Doc and all of our wives in New Orleans in February. We'll have a registration link for you that and the show notes. All right, guys, have a great year and Go tiger.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing